0: And welcome back to our podcast series on the brand new America's Cup boat, the AC 75. I'm Mark Chisnell, and I'm sitting in Ben AC's office with the man himself, team principal and skipper of Ineos Team UK, the British Challenger for the 36 America's Cup. We're going to continue our conversation about the AC75, the boat that will be used in the next Cup match. Last time around, we talked about the process of improving performance, the testing, analysis process, and the data tools. But even the smartest data analysts will struggle without accurate data, and so that's what I wanted to turn to next the sensors that measure what the sailors, designers, and engineers need to know, along with a look at the displays that allow the sailors to see the data. Let's start there. Technology has changed many things, and one of them is the numbers that the helmsman of an America's Cup boat is focused on. Ben, can you tell us a little bit about the data that you look at when you're sailing and racing the AC75?
1: Yeah, hi, Mark. Um, Sure. I mean, with the displays on the boat, I've got two displays, one tactical and a performance display. And the tactical display tells me... Where we are on the race course, there's timing information to marks and boundaries, starting information, plots and and so on. And on the performance side, this is the kind of thing that you'd see on a mass display on a conventional boat. So things like boat speed, wind angle, uh, direction, uh, things like that. And then there's a lot of information specific to foiling. So things like the Kent angle on the T foils and and pitch angles and, and so on. All
0: right, so if we take the tactical display first, um, it's kind of hard to believe that it's less than 50 years ago that navigators were still using stopwatches and speed logs to calculate a dead wreck and position and find the marks. Uh, I think we can do a little bit better than that now.
1: Yeah, for sure. And everyone's familiar with GPS and what it can do, but we link ours up to an inertial navigation system, or INS, and it's based on a fiber optic gyroscope and gives us really accurate real-time position information with heading attitude and speed uh, the heading pitch and roll data are accurate to 100th of a degree which is is quite phenomenal really and, and we, we rely pretty heavily on that accuracy and you know we need fast update rates and accuracy because the boat's moving so quickly and again to to be able to sail the boat maneuver the boat at those speeds that accurately is key to this racing
0: so the core tactical information in match racing has always been the time to lay line on, on both tacks. This must change with the imposition of boundaries in the new America's Cup courses.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. putting boundaries on these courses has changed the match racing game significantly. And if the course is reasonably square to the win, the boundaries make it impossible to get to the lay line until the end of the leg. So now we're thinking about things a bit differently. So we're more interested in how many tacks or jibe it's going to take to get from one gate mark to each of the others.
0: So those two numbers, how accurately can we calculate that kind
1: of information? Yeah, an accurate wind direction is important to calculate the tactical information, and that's done using the boat speed sensor, traditionally a paddle wheel, but we use the INS with a correction for the tide as well. And then there's the heading, which again comes from the INS. The last two sensors measure the apparent wind speed and apparent wind angle using a traditional anometer on the bow and the masthead. The rules are quite restrictive on the wind measurement to keep the cost down, but these do the job for us. But of course the wind, as we all know in sailing, is moving around, so there's still that skill of the sailor in in trying to predict what the wind's going to do and then factor that in to what the data and the displays are telling us. So while you look at the numbers, you've still got to have someone with
0: their eyes up the course. Not Everyone's not just head down grinding the whole time.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. If we just head into that, we could very easily miss a wind shift and that would completely change our lay lines. And So it's still sailing as we know it, but we just use these, these tools, these displays as a prompt to what might be coming next. Right. So uh, presumably
0: the, the INS data and, and the rest of this stuff is, is also useful on the performance side.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the INS tells us a lot about the accelerations, about the boat's attitude in flight and how it responds to changes in the flaps and the rudders. And we don't have time to process much of this data whilst we're actually sailing, but it's really useful for the design team as we go through and review the data after sailing.
0: So that data is transferred back to the support boats and to the base in real time. So it's worth running through some of the other sensors used by the design team to, to monitor the boat, both in real time and post-processing. Can you, um, can you run through a few of those other sensors?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you, there's a, a, a ridiculous amount of fibre optics measuring loads all over the boat. And we use some of this out in the water, like the main sheet load, for example, but also the structural team also keep a very close eye on those specific sensors where we are worried that, you know, the boat could be could get overloaded. And, and both. So that's happening both whilst we're sailing and then after each session that gets reviewed. And then there are a few specialist sensors, like one to measure how far we are from the water, so you know our effective ride height. And we also have sensors to monitor things like the accumulator, the hydraulic pump temperatures, the cadence and the power output from the grinders on each pedestal. So everything, pretty much on the boat, is is measured, and and that's obviously takes a lot of focus to go through and understand what spef- specific areas from a from a training session. Are relevant to to analyze and move forward
0: yeah as you point out it, it is a lot of data so not just there's not just a problem with processing it afterwards how do you display it all in a way that the sailing team can process it in real time on the boat especially considering that there are some very strict rules on the displays they're not allowed to have gyroscopes or magnet magnetometers this is to stop them becoming kind of mini autopilots but it also prevents teams from using things like standard tablets or smartphones uh, without special firmware
1: No, you're absolutely right. And during the last Cup cycle, we started a project to build E-Ink screens because they're naturally daylight visible and you don't need a lot of electrical power to make them readable in the bright sunlight. Uh, We had some success with this and we've continued with the project and and switched to a different supplier, Papercast. Um, They built some really nice screens which are very flexible and so each of the crew has been able to define how their own display looks and, and what data that's displaying and this has been good because people process things in different ways and while a number of certain formats work for some people others prefer a bar chart for example or more of a graphic format and we've been able to put that data and graphics exactly where we wanted them for each individual on the boat and that has 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 really paid dividends in in the accuracy of those the the readout for those individual sailors and, and then being able to fulfill their role
0: all right thanks again ben lots of information there for people who really want to know how these boats work. We'll wrap up with another question from a podcast listener. This is from Asia Furley, and I think he might wanna be an America's Cup sailor one day. He asked, what boat should I be sailing to get useful experience to get into an America's Cup team? So we might cover that in a couple of parts. This is probably a difference depending on whether you wanna steer, trim, foils, or sails, or grind. Let's start with the steering. What sort of sailing experience should we be looking for if they want your job, Ben?
1: (laughs) Yeah well i mean that's a re- that's a really good question because you know where you know you could just say well as a youngster you should be straight into the high performance boats i mean these these america's cup boats now are obviously all about foiling so being into a a moth or a, or a to scow or something like that certainly that's that skill set will will help you inevitably but uh, i still very much think actually there's a lot to be said for being in, for coming up through really tactical boats, you know, high performance, you know, obviously helps you develop those those skills, but you still need to have a good tactical mind to understand, you know, that that side of the sport really, and, and have, have gone through a competitive environment. So yeah, I, w- I would say, you know, yeah. Get as much tough racing as you can, particularly in one-design classes, and then alongside that, getting out in, in in the foiling boats, whatever that might be, and and you know getting used to the the challenges of, of sailing foiling boats and keeping the boat up on the foil and manoeuvring, and so on, and and yeah, and then when you when you get into the into the trimming, I think that uh, if you're looking at the scale of these boats now, America's Cup boats, 75 foot, you know you're getting into some pretty big big sail areas some big loads so actually both high-performance dinghy sailing is key but also having some experience on some of the bigger boats like the mini maxis or or so on where you've got you got big loads on the sails um, understanding working with the sail designers to get exactly the right sail shapes you know and and also with with all of this you've got 11 people on the boat so working with a team working in a team environment and being able to do that effectively is key and then lastly, as a, as a grinder, you know, we've got eight grinders on these boats and those guys, you know, they need to have a really good sailing background and need to understand what we're trying to achieve in a race, where, you know, what periods are ki- critical to put in maximum power and performance for the boat and, and other areas where you might be able to take, catch a breath and, and regroup. Um, but above all else, it's about fitness and you can't get away from time on those grinding machines building up that specific fitness. And that's really what we're looking for, the power output, much like you see in cycling, how effective are those cyclists? What what wattage can they create through different challenges? And that's the same for us with the arm power on these grinding pedestals, banging out the watts. Excellent. All right.
0: I hope that answers your question, Aisha. Thank you very much indeed again, Ben. Don't forget, if you've got a question about the AC75, please do either email via the website or get onto any of the team's social media channels. That's all for this month. See you back here soon.